what your country can do for you. There's a last time I've got to be in the lead. The Giants have the Peter, oh, you little mouse, so won't you go away? One ringy-dingy. Hand off to Griffin, cracks the middle, gets the five. Touchdown, Ohio State. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plane. I'm interested to know, Gracie, who's your choice? Need you ask, George. Time now for Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Vaccarello. Thanks, sweetie. And thank you for tuning into episode 42 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. In this episode, we turn to the waltz. Despite my dad's real love of Dixieland, other jazz music, and all things Rat Pack, I think he really collected beautiful music like this so he could dance with my mom. So let's... Do the dance done in 3-4 time in Volume 42, Waltzes with a Continental Flavor. of Spring. Now, all of the music on this album was composed by Johann Strauss II, the Waltz King. 
All right, why this album? Well, it really was a fun sight to watch my parents out on the ballroom floor, something I was accustomed to seeing thanks to all the cousins I had and all of the weddings that I attended. Now, my parents floated around the dance floor. My mom always looked at my dad like they were the only two in the world and nothing else mattered but them dancing together. And there's no dance music in the world quite like a waltz, something my parents also did very well. Okay, now I can put you down for a week, but how many nights did you need? and one nights. 
All right, let's take a look at the album that I chose for this episode. Kurt Weininger and the Vienna Baroque Orchestra waltzes with a continental flavor. It's on the Design Records label, number DLP41. It's a vinyl LP album format. It was released in 1957. Its genre is classical, folk, world, and country. All right, I'm going to read some of the liner notes here. Have you ever been to Vienna? Here is a gay city. A city that is steeped in the glory, the warmth, and the ebullient feeling that typifies the waltzes of Strauss. There's a magic name, Johann Strauss. A man who was more than that. He typifies an era, a way of life, a feeling of gratification that can only be hummed, sung, or danced to. Lives there a man whose toes don't start to tingle when he hears the first lilting strains of the Blue Danube. Try it yourself. Hum a little of the opening melody. Immediately you feel better. Suddenly it's spring and you're in Vienna. A band is playing and you are swirling to the magnificent strains of cascading violins. How could anything be wrong with a world that can produce music like this? How can anything be wrong with the people who can live, love, and dance to the beat of the heart of Vienna? Even the very names of the waltzes are titillating in context. Artist life, voices of spring, the blue Danube, close your eyes. Picture the ladies in their fuller than full evening gowns. Men in the pomp and splendor of velvet and lace. How can they look so masculine? Row upon row of ribbons bedecking their chests, and now a downbeat, a sudden hush. And then suddenly, the room is swirling in a kaleidoscope of color. Hearts are gay, laughter is the order of the dance as the couples spin around the great hall in this, the most graceful of all dances, the Viennese Waltz. Next time you have a party at home, try putting this album on your record player. See what happens. First one couple, and then another and another, will pick up the beat, and soon, well, don't take my word for it, try it yourself. All right, even though there were a couple of people who had this listed on their Discogs account, uh, Discogs.com had not sold any copies, so there was no value on that website. I found a copy on eBay for $5.75 and one on Amazon for $16.44. Now, my dad's record itself is in fair condition. There's not too much hissing, which is really important when you get to soft spots in a classical orchestral piece. Now, the cover is in poor condition. It's There's slits at the top and the bottom, and of course, his old address label is on the front cover. So I will value my dad's copy at 50 cents. All right, how about now a couple about Vienna?
spinning my dad's vinyl. from the Vienna Woods, and before that we heard Vienna Life, a Vienna twofer, as it were. All right, let's learn a little bit about this conductor. 
Kurt Weininger was born in Vienna in 1918. The city was in the aftermath of war, and Kurt's father had returned from the front a cripple for life. Kurt worked his way through the Vienne School of Music, where he graduated at the top of his class. He then spent seven long, heartbreaking years as a clerk in a downtown Vienna department store in order to make enough to support his mother and his ailing father. Then, just after his 25th birthday, Kurt got a job filling in for Gerhard Blom at the Platz von Regendorf. Blom had taken ill and was recuperating in Lucerne, Switzerland. When he returned and heard the job that Kurt was doing with his orchestra, he immediately formed another orchestra, arranged to have it booked into a local hotel and placed Kurt at its helm. Kurt conducted for Blom for nine years. In 1952, he started his own orchestra, calling it the Viennese Baroque, and has since become one of the national favorites. Now, I had to use the liner notes for that because I was able to find nothing else on Kurt at all, not even on Wikipedia. So that's what I had to use. But let's learn a little bit about Johann Strauss II. He was born Johann Baptist Strauss on October 25, 1825 also known as Johann Strauss Jr., the Younger, the Son. He was an Austrian composer of light music, particularly dance music and operettas. He composed over 500 waltzes, polkas, quadrilles, and other types of dance music, as well as several operettas and a ballet. In his lifetime, he was known as the Waltz King and was largely responsible for the popularity of the waltz in Vienna during the 19th century. Some of Johann Strauss's most famous works include The Blue Danube, Kaiser Waltz or Emperor Waltz, Tales from the Vienna Woods, and a few others I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Strauss was born into a Catholic family in St. Ulrich near Vienna to the composer Johann Strauss I and his first wife, Maria Anna Streim. His father did not want him to become a musician, but rather a banker. Nevertheless, Strauss Jr. studied the violin secretly as a child with the first violinist of his father's orchestra. When his father discovered his son secretly practicing on a violin one day, he gave him a severe whipping, saying that he was going to beat the music out of the boy. It seems that rather than trying to avoid a Strauss rivalry, the elder Strauss only wanted his son to escape the rigors of a musician's life. It was only when the father abandoned his family for a mistress that the son was able to concentrate fully on a career as, the, as a composer with the support of his mother. Strauss was admired by other prominent composers. Uh, Richard Wagner once admitted that he liked the waltz Wine, Woman, and Song when writing, or in Richard Strauss when writing his Roskenkavalier waltzes, said in reference to Johann Strauss, how could I forget the laughing genius of Vienna? Strauss was diagnosed with pleuropneumonia, and on June 3, 1899, he died in Vienna at the age of of 73. And now for a bouquet of my mom's favorite flowers.
there is Southern Roses. Time now for this episode's interesting side note. And it has to do with Strauss Jr.'s intense rivalry with his father. John Strauss's the first influence over the local entertainment establishments meant that many of them were wary of offering the younger Strauss a contract for fear of angering the father. Strauss Jr. was able to persuade Dahmeyer's Casino in Heitzing, a suburb of Vienna, to allow him to perform. The elder Strauss, in anger at his son's disobedience and that and at that of the proprietor, refused to ever play again at Dahmeyer's Casino, which had been the site of many of his earlier triumphs. Strauss made his debut at Dahmeyer's in October 1844, where he performed some of his first works. Critics and the press were unanimous in their praise for Strauss's music. A critic for Der Wanderer commented that, quote, Strauss's name will be worthily continued in his son. Children and children's children can look forward to the future, and three-quarter time will find a strong footing in him. Despite the initial fanfare, Strauss found his early years as a composer difficult, but he soon won over audiences after accepting commissions to perform away from home. Strauss Jr. eventually attained greater fame than his father and became one of the most popular waltz composers of his era. And now for another of the tunes mentioned in Strauss's bio.
and that is Emperor Waltz. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Great Austrian waltzes from a pretty obscure conductor and orchestra. Well, obscure to Google, so that's pretty telling. And just to let you know, I kept my eyes closed during the music just to watch my parents dancing. So, now let's finish up with one of the most popular waltzes around. The Beautiful Danube. And there you have selections from Kurt Weininger and the Viennese Baroque Orchestra. So thanks for tuning into Volume 42, Waltzes with a Continental Flavor, however you did. 
If you want more information about this podcast, head over to spinningmydadsvinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops with Volume 43, Mancini and the Oscar winners. Until then, go with the flow, my friends. <laughs>